Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, my friend, how you doing today? Andrew, dude, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> other than it's, other than it was four degrees outside when I walked outside this morning. Four? Oh, four. that's rough. That's really four rough. degrees. Yeah. But I already hit up a Colorado new coffee shop man. that I haven't been to before nice. and probably won't go back to. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> probably won't go back to. Ah, that's funny. No. Yeah, <laughs> had a they're great not experience do well, at a think. new coffee shop, Maybe. but I will not go back. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say great oh, experience. Man. It was an experience. Right. Just right. It was okay. Their coffee was just uh, eh at best. Their totally. drip coffee was horrible. I don't think they roasted their beans long enough. Like it just oh. tasted like dirt. Um, well, are they brand uh, new? Like, are they just figuring things out or yeah, yeah. is it just new to you? Well, they're like, I don't know how long ago they, it, well, it, they haven't been open more than two years. Um, okay. Like maybe even just a year. Um, Dang. Well, that's long enough that you got to figure it out. Yeah. You should know what you're yeah, doing. Or by buy someone else's coffee. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, why are you roasting your own if you can't right. figure it out? Maybe they like right. that dirt flavor. There's people out there that do. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just not one of them. Like I grew up on Starbucks coffee, so I like my coffee burnt. Um, I like it black as it can be, bold Um, and burnt. Like all, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even even Starbucks blonde light coffee is still pretty burnt coffee compared to the (laughs) coffee world. Uh, And I like that. That's my. It's so true. I don't want it to taste earthy. I don't want it to be acidic. I don't want those things. Yeah, you don't like a coffee snob to like that. Yeah, yeah. Man, we, so we got the espresso machine that I told you about last episode and, oh, yeah. uh, and Jana, uh, ordered from peak place in Colorado Springs, some really good oh, espresso. Nice. And so that came like a day or two after our espresso oh, machine cool. arrived. What's it and, called? Uh, what, what? Their coffee, their roaster, the roasting coffee. What's oh, it called? Oh, I don't know. I thought it was peak place roasters or I am not sure. Mm-hmm. I'll look on the bag and I'll update you and everyone listening. But it was, uh, it's super good. It's like the golden age espresso. And dude, it's like, it's awesome. Any pictures you've seen me put on Instagram of like latte art is happening with their, with their coffee. And it tastes better than it looks even. So yeah, man, I used to be a barista Chris. and uh, in college and I'm like, you know, that's what they're called. I, Hold fast coffee company. That's right. Good so if call. you're listening out there and you're Colorado based or you can order or it. Or not. Hold fast yeah. Or not. Or if you're all the way across the country, you can order it and it still is delicious. And, let them, and when you do coffee. order, let, let them know that, that Josh Bertram and Andrew Hanna sent you. <laughs> yes. And that they should send Maybe get some free bags, free bags of, of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I heard about you guys on this huge podcast, this Jesus Life podcast. Yeah. It's like, it's massive. Yeah, These guys like are everywhere. You must have like two or 3,000 listeners, I wish. Yeah. One day. One day, maybe. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening if you are listening. And seriously, if you need some good coffee or espresso, hold fast and does it well, really well. Um, they do. They dude, do those uh, yeah. barrel aged coffees. Like, oh, whiskey, yeah. like I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. it's bourbon barrel. And they're, yes. oh gosh, they're so good. Dude, so, so good. good. So good. And to the point where you'll like take a sip of your coffee and be like, is there bourbon in there? Like there's not, <laughs> but it actually like 
has a little bit of that flavor and it's That's yeah good. so good dude i'm doing good this is my first week back to work um we're recording oh, right. this on a thursday and like uh my employer was closed for the whole week uh between christmas and new year's which was really awesome but like everybody's coming back kind of shell-shocked because you go out on vacation for a little while and then snap right back into work yeah. and it's like it's a weird change um so anyway glad well, it's to be gotta back, be weird too that like nice the entire to... company was shut down yes just Where, done like, for a week like it's yeah. gotta be weird of like nothing happened while i was gone for a week yeah yeah. And now you're coming back and everyone's playing catch up of like, where are we at with things? That's got to be. Yeah. And it's like remembering, okay, what are my most important things to be working on right now? Like it <laughs> took my first like hour back uh, a couple days ago, I was just sitting there and I had even wrote myself a list of like priorities, but I was just sitting there like, what's my job? <laughs> like, What am I doing here? You know, cause after like traveling and doing what's all the your- events and all the things. Yeah. Do you have like a do you have like a go to tool that you, you use mean? to like keep track of tasks or that kind of stuff like a productivity setup? I don't have no, I don't have a big one like you. You might. I used to use like tasks in Salesforce to kind of guide my day, but okay. now my job is way more like big project focused than anything else. Yeah. That um, that it's like there's very clear phases of the work in each big project, each big journey map we're doing. So I don't know. For me, it's it hasn't been too difficult to keep track of um, what to do next, you know, at this point. But I may need a project yeah. management tool at some point. We do have Monday.com, but I don't use it very uh, – don't tell anybody, but I don't really use it much. I just do kind of the bare minimum they at probably this point know. in Monday. There's probably yeah. analytics on it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there is. But I'm doing enough to not get uh, anybody mad at me. They're like, oh, yeah, Andrew's been That's in funny. there occasionally. So, yeah, man. Yeah. What he about signed you? In two months ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I could. I could talk days and hours about productivity setups and what I yes. use. Um, yes. Like, I spent a lot of time figuring those systems out. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, task-wise, I use a, an app called Todoist. Uh, and that manages mm. most of my life. But then you have don't to let, have a notes. Don't let Josh thing. lie to you. He, uh, if you could see his screen, it looks like a looks like he's trying to hunt down a murderer with post-it notes. There's just red string between things, <laughs> yeah. and it's like That's eight p.m., seven like p.m., six p.m. <laughs> just post-it. Well, the crazy notes thing is, like, I like <laughs> I like the physical realm. Like, I, right. I would like to right. write notes. I would like mm-hmm. to like write to-do lists on like, and there's. Right. There's things out there that let you do it and they look cool. But yeah, the problem is like if you're not in front of your desk and that's where you left it, then you forget right. what you need to do. Dude, so realistically for world. for like not work stuff, but all the personal things in life, I'm just constantly telling my phone like, yeah. hey, at 8 a.m. tomorrow, remind me to do X, Y, and Z. You know, and I set like time-based oh, yeah. reminders all the time. And that's super helpful. It'll be like three or four things a day, but otherwise I would have totally forgot, you know? So I do that a lot. It's not as good of a system, but it works. Yeah. 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 If you're a nerd like that and you like to talk about those things, you should hit me up. DM me on Instagram. I'll I'll eventually Mm -hmm. see it. I'll be honest with you. I don't get in there often, but I'll eventually see it. You can just email me at hello at this G's life podcast.com. I'll get that email too. Um, But 
I would love to nerd out with you and talk about all the different apps like Fantastical and Spark and Craft, all these different <laughs> things that I use that I've spent a lot of time figuring out what works perfectly for my system. And that doesn't even include the, like my design business side and everything that's right. used over there. Right. Um, but everything needs to talk to each other. That's important to me. Man, you are so I much spend, better at systems and spent, stuff than I am. Yeah. I have probably spent, man, weeks. Like, wow. Ca- like weeks in terms figuring of like, it over... Out. The last yeah. couple of yeah. years figuring out my system. And there's always things that you have to compromise on, but then something else new comes out, you don't have to compromise anymore. Right. Yeah. I'm right. On top yeah, of man. Stuff. Cool. Well, dude, you got a cool. good system. You- Speaking of a good system, <laughs> what are we uh what are we talking about today, bro? As we round out foundation. We're talking about the system of theology, not to be confused with systematic theology, oh. uh, which is much different. Yeah. Uh, Good reminder. But no, we're talking about foundational beliefs of Christianity, um, kind of the elements that that we uh, um, that we hold true to as as a foundation piece. Like, there's a lot of disagreements right. uh, along uh, many paths in, in Christianity and, and denominations and sects. Um, but um, these are kind of the most foundational pieces to be attached to the Christian, you know, church in some way. Um, so we talked first, we talked about humanity and the problem of humanity, which is sin and the destruction of that, um, or the destruction that that causes and the, not just to ourselves, but to those around us. And more importantly, to, to our relationship with God, our connection with God, our ability to be in his presence with God. Yeah. Um, we talked about salvation, um, and its ability, uh, what Jesus did to restore relationship between us and God. Um, we talked about God himself. Um, we talked about Jesus. We talked about the Holy spirit, yeah. Last episode, we started with the church, and this is going to be part two of the church. Last episode, we kind of stayed pretty macro level, big picture. Now we're going to kind of get into the weeds a little bit more from an individual, personal community level. Um, and that's kind of kind of where we're at. But did you have any thoughts leaving the last uh, the last podcast, Andrew, that we need to we need to throw out there? You know, man, I it's funny. I was reading, I saw a Facebook post just this morning and, and also thinking about like the rise and fall of Mars Hill being emblematic of many churches, uh, in our country presently and in the recent past, like, you know, and at the end of our episode, uh, talking about the big C church, like local churches, but also the, the greater movement of churches across our world. Um, We talked for a few minutes about like the positive side of like, there has been a lot of good, you know, and we wouldn't be here following Christ if a lot of people hadn't taken this seriously throughout a long course of time, a couple thousand years since Jesus was here, you know? And I just think it's way easier to, I don't know if it's easier, I don't know. But it's easy to look at the church and say, like, it's all negative. Since this was bad, since I listened to the Mars Hill story and there was bad stuff in there, everything is bad. All the churches are bad, you yeah. know, or or to discount all the real relationships with, with the Lord that were began through mm-hmm. even a broken, fallen leader, you know, or, a, or not perfect leader um, that was, you know, leading Mars Hill. But real, realistically, dude, like... Tons of people started real relationships with Jesus just from that church, like many, many thousands and thousands, and are still living those out. Um, And in the same way, like, yeah, there's broken churches all around. You know, you could point at at a bunch of them, but 
and it's easy to use that maybe as an excuse of like, I'm not going to get involved at all. I'm going to just stay on the periphery. I don't need a local church. I don't need anybody. I don't need community of Christians. I'll just do this thing alone. Like it'd be easy to make yeah. those justifications in your mind. Um, but it's always easier to look at the negative than it is to see the beauty and the positive and lean into making it better. So I don't know, man, yeah. that's a maybe overarching thought that that might set up well yeah, for, for this conversation of just like, we're not meant to do this thing alone and it's easy to be jaded and to say it's all bad, but it's not. And it hasn't been all bad. Yeah. Um, maybe just the bad examples stand out, outshine the, the good ones or are easier to point yeah. to than the good ones. So yeah, man, that's, no, that's one thought that, that kind of struck me this morning as I was thinking about this discussion for sure. Yeah, that's good. Like I just had a conversation with a buddy on like late Tuesday night. Um, and we were talking about that very idea and we were talking about a specific church that we were both a part of and, um, some of the unhealth and, and dysfunction and, and stress that was created in that place. Um, but we were, we were reminiscing on all the good times, like, but like, look at all the good that came out of even at times, you know, sinful and, and evil things, but a lot of good was, was in the midst of that. And, you know, I told the story about a different buddy of mine, like, um, you know, we, uh, when I was in youth ministry the first time around, so I was young, I was like 21, 22 years old. Um, we went to a, a camp and the camp pastor who spoke like really had a huge impact on a, on a friend of mine, um, like just blown away. And, you know, there's a lot of decisions and, and life change and, and things that he chose to do because of, you know, that guy's impact uh, on his life. And then it came out that that guy, that camp pastor was, uh, had a second family. <laughs> uh, like, one of those like crazy stories is like, wait, 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 this can't be, this can't be real. Like this is a true story. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it like broke him and everything that that individual did, um, you know, it was now, you know, nullified in his own mind. And you're like, no, like God God works. If if God didn't work through sinful people and God, God didn't, wasn't able to overcome, you know, sin and people like we would never have anything of good or or healthy or godly things in our lives that we've experienced. Um, Like God can work in any situation. So like it, it hopefully it gives you um, like hope in yourself. Like, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to try to do the right next thing. And I'm just going to try to get in the game and make an impact um, with people's lives, with the gospel and, and walking people closer to Jesus. Um, but like, I don't have to, I don't have to do it perfect. Like even in the midst of my screw ups, even in the midst of my sin, God can still choose to work through me. And I can trust that like he's much bigger than my ability to change the, the circumstances around me. But yeah, there's a lot of great things that come from those environments. Even if you're sitting there and you're like, you know, I'm, I'm done with the church. It's hurt me so much, so many different ways. Like, I would argue that there's plenty of things that were good that happened from that environment um, that yeah. you can, you know, uh, put your hat to, and you won't experience those types of things unless you, you know, get reinvolved back into the community of the church, like stop running from it. Yeah. Um, even if you are angry and, and hurt and, and all of those things, but like God is still and God it, and he's much bigger than that. And his vehicle for a lot of things yeah. is the, the church community. Yeah. And, and we don't have to go, in the specifics at all, but like, you know, we met, you and me met in an imperfect church. Uh, and we, and I, I don't, I'm not aware of a perfect church by the way, and I'm still involved in a local church and it's not perfect. It's, it's far from it. You know, it's messy, but we're, we're doing the best we can to live out the calling we have on, on our church, you know, 
which is to reach our community, you know, uh, with with the gospel of Christ. Um, but man, we met in an imperfect church that didn't always do things the right way, didn't always do perfectly, whatever. But you and I, like you were leading youth ministry. Um, I got involved as, first of all, just kind of an observer, then a leader. Uh, and then we did that for a long time. And out of that, our friendship kind of grew. Dude, we saw a lot of lives changed, you know, and and I don't think you would claim to be the perfect youth minister, <laughs> you know, throughout that whole time. Uh, I certainly wouldn't say I was a perfect youth leader or that the rest of us were, you know, who were involved, but we would see God show up in wild ways. And and we saw like to this day, there's a lot of people who are now adults who, who we saw, you know, as 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 year olds going through trying to figure out what their faith is. And, and now they're still living yeah. it out and, and still pursuing, you know? So it's like, yeah, God works through broken people. And, and we look at the institution of church and, and it's not perfect, you know, and sometimes the deepest hurt, some of the deepest hurt can come from it because it is important, you know? Um, but he works through broken yeah. people. Like I was just, uh, we have like this kid's storybook Bible that, you know, is, is really helpful to like Catherine, my three-year-old daughter loves it. And, you know, reading about like King David and, and many other people throughout the Bible that have been used by God. And it's like, like, they don't say, yeah, King, King David had a guy's husband or had a white, had a lady's husband intentionally killed in battle. Uh, Cause he had slept with her and got her pregnant. Like her version doesn't say that. But that's the reality. It, that's like what what oh, the yeah. Bible says about him, you know. But still, it calls David uh, a man after God's own heart. Not perfect, fallen to the point where he God said, "No, you can't build my temple. There's way too much blood on your hands," you know. But somebody yeah. that was pursuing God, even though he was fallen and messed up, you know. And that gives me hope because I'm like. I'm far from perfect, you know, like I've never thought anytime I've thought of myself as being perfect or being even awesome in a moment, it's like that pride normally gets swatted down real quick, you know, because <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm far from it. So I don't know, man, there's, there's just, it takes giving yourself grace and giving others grace to live out an individual relationship with the Lord and, and to do so authentically because mm -hmm. we're not perfect people mm -hmm. and, and, the church isn't perfect because it's filled with people. If it was just an empty building. It might be fine, you know, but, but it's not meant to be that. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And that's probably where most people, you know, I would assume that's where most people attribute their hurt is, is from the people of yeah. the church. And, um, you know, relationships are messy no matter what, whether they're Christian relationships or not, relationships are just messy. Yeah. And the deeper that you get into relationships, the messier they become. Um, and the reality is like, we don't, we don't like mess as humans, I don't think. Um, but we're okay with creating mess ourselves as humans. So it's that weird dichotomy of, it's, I don't know if that's the right word, but there's that weird balance between those two things of like, I don't want to get in people's life cause I don't want their mess to get on me. But like you create just as much mess as they do. Um, like we just have to learn how to, to live in unity with one another. And I think that's why Paul was so, um, Sorry, I dropped my pen, and for whatever reason, I felt very necessary that I had to pick it up. So I tried to talk and pick it up at the same time, and I failed. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> can't do two things at once. It's a myth. Um, but like I, I think, 
you know, that's why Paul talks so often about the importance of unity within the church. Like I, I think almost every letter he wrote to the churches of his day, like he talked about the importance of unity. Um, and I think that's where, where a lot of this, this comes from is because we have to be so intentional in our relationships inside those communities to strive for healthiness, to strive for growth, to strive for a you know, common uh, mission, um, to strive for all these different things. Like we have to be willing to sacrifice some things that maybe we determine aren't as important to us as we might have thought or sacrifice our own will. Like love takes sacrifice, whether, you know, you're, you're, saying that, you know, you're hearing that in a sermon during a wedding or, you know, you've experienced yourself like love is a sacrifice. It's the only way that it works. You're going to sacrifice yourself. You're going to sacrifice multiple things. You're going to sacrifice your wants, your desires, your expectations um, to be able to to live in unity in the midst of that relationship. And that's true of any relationship. Like, I think that's the probably the biggest lesson that I've learned in the last two, three years is relationship is relationship. Yeah. No matter what the relationship is, it plays by the same rules. Mm-hmm. Um, like relationship with God is relationship with God. It plays by the same rules as relationship with your spouse or relationship with a friend or relationship with yeah. you know somebody in your church family. Um, like relationship plays by the same rules. The only way time relationship grows is you have to foster it. You have to spend time with them. Um, like you can't you know, can't do it from afar in terms of like we only see what each other are posting on on you know social media. Um, yeah. Like if you're not spending time with them, there's no real relationship. Um, like that's, that's another, that's probably part of this too, is like, I got off of Facebook and I, you know, I got rid of, got rid of the Instagram app on my phone. Still have the accounts, but like you realize people you thought you're actually close with, you're like, oh, I'm actually I'm not close with them at all. Like, not so much. Last time I even yeah. thought about them because I just don't yeah. see their posts anymore. Like I don't yeah. really care. Um, hmm. and that's fine. You know, everything has a season, but um, it's things like mm-hmm. that where you're like, I think it gives you a better understanding of where you're actually sitting relationally with people. Um, if you're, uh, if you're off of those things, so there's not this facade of relationship that's, that's being created. Um, and facade of things are, are normal in the Christian life, right? Like we create facades of, of how holy we actually are, you know, to church people. So they think we're better, uh, than, you know, whoever else, um, we play the comparison game, which is really just a facade game. And, uh, like all of those things where you're, like this is pretty normal of us, and I we just found a new avenue to to create facades where we feel better about ourselves when in reality we're not we're not doing the work. But yeah, yeah, I don't know what's uh, what is the the church community speaking of the community itself, Andrew? Mm-hmm. Like what uh, what are the values or the the things that it provides and what we provide to it hmm. um, that are important? Yeah, man, that's a big question. Um, and let me, let me, this might be a segue, it might tie in well, but as you were talking about relationship and about unity, so we might need to circle back to that in a minute. As we were talking about relationship and unity and, and why relationship matters, I, I don't know, man, this, this thought came to me. Um, so I looked up the verse cause I didn't know exactly where it was cause I'm not a perfect Christian. Okay. Um, <laughs> Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and hum- humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I guess I was thinking about that, Josh, because like so much of, of the hurt associated with Christians and church and things are maybe 
like the opposite of those things, like people saying you can only be a part of our church if you believe these nine principles blindly (laughs) and never have questions about them. You can only be a part of our church if you vote this way. You can only be in our friend group if you believe this. You can only be in relationship with me if you go and do this thing monthly or weekly or whatever. You know, like we, we, Jesus is like, come here, I'll help take your burden from you. Like my, there's a yoke, like there's a burden of following me, but it's light and I'm going to help you with it. You know, Um, whereas we as individual believers get it wrong often. And we're like, come to me, come be with me, come be in relationship with me. If you'll shoulder all this burden you didn't necessarily want and that you didn't necessarily choose. And that's the cost of being in community with me, you know, Um, where if we were maybe a little more humble uh, and and saying like, come as you are, like Jesus did, like come as you are and let's work on this thing together, but let's be in real relationship together. Um, I don't know. It's a lot more inviting and, and it's a lot more humble and open and maybe less planned and maybe intimidating to people to say, come to me. And I don't have a big agenda for how you have to change out of the gate, but I want you to see Jesus and I want you to meet him. You know, like I want you to see him in the way I live and I want you to see him in the the humble way I live. So I don't know, that struck me while you were talking and I don't know if it's a a, a bonus to this conversation or if it's a total tangent. Um, but I will say like in the church, like individuals, I think first and foremost need to be choosing to, to follow Jesus, like follow in the way and example that Jesus led us in, you know, like he, he lived a life that we're supposed to emulate, not that we're going to do it perfectly uh, and not that we should even expect we'll do it perfectly, but to walk in the way that Jesus walked, that is the goal, you know, and that's the daily pursuit because when you're doing that, maybe you're living in a way like that verse talks about of making others' burdens lighter. You know, um, one last thought on that is like the, okay, the richest people in our country, like Jeff Bezos, um, what's Elon Musk, like some of the people like that um, who have invented these crazy things that that serve people. Um, the reality is, they have have served people highly through their products and that's why wealth has flown to them you know or like has gone their direction like amazon makes it easy to order everything you know so we all order everything on amazon it's like this is so simple and great all that you know and in that same way when you are setting out to to serve your neighbors as deeply and as honestly as you can in this life that's noticed. Like, not that you're going to get rich from it. Not that that should ever be your goal. Cause if it, if it is, it's not going to work out. But if you're looking at the real relationships you're in or the ones that you could be in with the people around you, and you're saying, I want to authentically live out my relationship with the Lord. And I want that to be seen and felt as service to others. Like, man, that's never the wrong answer. <laughs> like starting there in an honest way is, is a great way to start and a great way to live is like, I just want to serve those around me really well so that when they ask why I can be like, Hey, cause I'm trying to follow in the way of Jesus. <laughs> like 
let me tell you about it, but hopefully my actions have told you about it for a long time before we ever get to words. So um, I don't know, man, maybe I'm scatterbrained. Maybe that plays in well with your question, but those are a few thoughts I was having as you were talking. That's good. I think there's two thoughts that I have. Um, one is, one is what does, what does the church community provide, uh, mutually provide each other, um, but provide you. And then also kind of one of your big pieces that you have to play in, in providing to the church community. But I think one of them is that, that idea in Proverbs of, you know, iron sharpens iron. And, you know, you've probably yeah. seen a men's ministry called iron sharpen iron or some form of that, because, you know, it was the, it was the catchy thing through the two thousands, but there's that idea of, and, and, and I think that's true of any type of relationship too, right? Like, shoot, like your, your marriage relationship, iron sharpening iron, you know, um, like the most growth that you're going to have is probably inside of that closest of a relationships. And as the relationships get deeper and deeper, that becomes more and more true. Like you're going to be changed, um, for the better. Cause that's what God uses his vehicles, relationships for, for, for discipleship, um, whether it's intentional in that way or not, like he, he's trying to mold you into something. Um, so he, you can accomplish the things that he's, he's desiring you to accomplish in this life. And before you take your last breath, uh, and that happens inside of, of relationship. And the same is true with our relationship with God, right? It's in relationship that the sanctification starts to play out. Um, so there's that piece of, of the church community, things that you don't, and, yeah. and that's probably the biggest one that people don't want, right? Well, I should say it this way. They want it like from a, a, a head knowledge perspective, but they don't want to do the work that it takes to do it. It's a hard like one, that's the right? Thing. It's the hard one. Yeah. To, it's the priority yeah. thing. It's the priority mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Like we don't, yeah. we don't want to put in the priority to be changed or told um, where it improved. Like I just had a conversation with yeah. a buddy of mine, you know, a couple of weeks ago and he surprised me with this statement and I was, <laughs> and I was offended in the moment, but I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. Um, but he made the statement of like, Josh, you have loose lips. Like you share things that you shouldn't share with people. Um, mm. And that makes people not want to trust you. And my defense was like, there's plenty of people that just pour out to me. Like if I am sharing right. things, I didn't realize it was non-shareable and right. um, I could share a lot more if you wanted me to. Um, <laughs> but it started to make me think through that whole thing of like, and that doesn't happen, you know, that, that growth, that realization doesn't happen unless you have, you know, those, that, that relationship where you're spending time together, yeah. where you know each other, each other well enough. And like, it probably comes from some, I haven't, we haven't got into it yet. I've met with him since, but um, it probably comes from something I've said about him and he was offended by it. I would assume. Right. Um, sure. And we'll have to get into that. But um, there's that piece, like that type, those types of conversations don't happen and you don't want them to happen. You're offended when they happen. You're, you're kind of taken yeah. off guard and, and you're like, screw you asshole. Let me talk about all the shit that you do. Uh, right. Like that's your natural response that you like, want I don't to want take. to hear this from you um, right now. All know that destroys relationships. So yeah, yeah let's not yeah. play that game. Um, yeah. Whether they did it right or wrong, it doesn't, you know, invalidate, you know, maybe what they've said. And I don't say that's true of everybody in your life. Like, have the people that get voice in your life. You don't get, you don't give voice to everybody sure. in your life. That's stupid. Um, but right. make sure you have those people that have voice in your life and, and can speak into things um, that maybe you need to hear. Yeah. But when, but let that, me just I think that's a big add piece to that. Of, like when you, when you don't have anybody who can tell you that or speak honestly to you about those things, whether or not they're perfectly accurate in their, what they're telling you, like doesn't matter. Yeah. Like if, if nobody's able to speak into your life and if your church is, is filled with people who never even try, then 
that's a different set of problems. You know, it's like, no, everybody's perfect. Everybody's doing the best they can. Everybody's whatever. It's like, no, like iron sharpens iron and sharpening is not fun. <laughs> like sharpening hurts, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. and, and I say that metaphorically, I don't know if iron feels like it hurts when it's getting cut by other iron, well, it's, but, but it, it is it like, takes, yeah, I don't know yeah. the word is it's like radical. Like it's, yeah. it's devastating to the iron. Like you're taking chunks yeah. off of it to get it sharp, yes. right? Like it's, yeah, it's, it's hurtful from that perspective. It's painful. Yeah. But it's necessary, right? Like if, if you, we need people around us who are also authentically living out their relationship with the Lord, who are willing to pour into us and, and have good motive in doing so to say like, Hey, like, you're not perfect either. And here's what I'm seeing. Um, and, and I love you. And this is coming. That's why you and I always talk about like people who love you, love the Lord and love you in that order, love Jesus and love you in that order. Um, find those people, you know, and put them in your inner circle to say, you can speak into my life, you know, but, uh, if you don't have that, like, I don't know, I'm not perfect. I need those people. I don't think you're perfect. I think yeah. you need those people. And and if you're filled with a church that you don't have any relationships like that, it's probably because you're not seeking them out uh, more than more than yeah. anything else. It's probably because you don't yeah. want it deep down. Because it's not fun to be held accountable. It's not fun to to uh, invite that level of scrutiny into your life. But it's good. <laughs> It's necessary. It's where sharpening yeah. can come from and growth can come from. And it's not like every relation, every discussion you have is just going to be like, here's the six ways you suck this week. You know, <laughs> that's wrong too. But, but having the, the freedom and privilege and honor of being invited into somebody's life to speak into it in that way matters as a Christian. And then also having people who can speak into your life as a Christian, that matters too. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a give and take. It shouldn't be that you're the one always pouring into others and nobody else can speak into your life. You know, it, it's mutual. Yeah. It's uh, give and take for sure. Cause iron, yeah, sharpens iron you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's hard. Like, and this is probably the, the biggest struggle of the church. And this is probably the biggest thing that we're supposed to do because it's hard work to create these types of environments. Like, you know, I'm in the process of, 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 you know, building a church and this is the hardest work that we do, um, is, is this relationship piece, this community piece where we're investing in each other's lives, not just on a surface level, but we genuinely know people. Um, and you know, part of our benefit is we know a we know a lot of these people already, you know, we've, we've been in relationship for a while, or at least sure. I have. Um, but like at the same time, like it's still really hard to build that culture. It takes a lot of work and a lot of time, um, to get to those places and we're, we're nowhere near it yet. Uh, but the beautiful thing is once you create it, um, to sustain it still takes a lot of work, but it's less work. Um, and it starts to reproduce itself on, on a much faster scale, but it, it takes us time to get there. Um, and you know, this is, and because of that, we don't see this, like, this is why the American church has become a, 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 a performance, right? Like we, we put all of our time and energy into the Sunday morning experience and it, it plays a role. It's, it's, it's somewhat important. Um, but it, 
but it creates a fake facade of relationship and community with people like you're, you're attaching to a brand essentially is what's really happening. Like I, you know, I like Apple products. I, you know, I, I care about my Apple products. I like things looking good and working well. Um, and I'm a fan of Apple, but I'm a fan of a brand and technically sure there's probably right. a community around that brand. Um, but I'm not, it's not real community. And, and essentially, mm-hmm. that's what we're now creating inside the church. Um, sure, we're, we're we're speaking God's word from the pulpit, but like science science tells us that it's pretty ineffective of what they retain and remember, anyways. Um, you know, even God moments that happen in there that couldn't tell you what triggered that God moment. Most people. Um, so there, there's that piece of this too. Like you know, we we have to be so much better at relationship, and in relationship is an adventure. This is when Jesus says, "I want you to have life and life to the full." Like this is what He's talking about. It's found inside of investing in relationship with people. And and if you're sitting there saying, "I don't have what we're talking about," with with majority of people don't like start to create it. And I know we've talked about this in the past, you know, episodes like way back when. But like you can be the one to start modeling it for other people and creating it for other people and choosing to be vulnerable and to be honest and be the real you and and choosing to submit to others and have patience with others. And I was doing this not that long ago, but I think it's like 50, 60 times patience is talked about in the new Testament, which like, it's a lot. That is Um, a lot. You know, it's going to hit almost every book. Um, though James talks about it a a ton, uh, a lot, but but it's so important in relationship. It's so important in creating unity. It's so important in, in what we're trying to create as the community of the church is we have to have patience with people. And I'll be, I'll be the first to tell you, like, I, I am not a patient person. Like, patience is not high on my list of things. I'd get very impatient with people very fast. And I let you know that I'm impatient with you. Um, my flaws, but like, there's that piece of it. Like we have to be so intentional of, of, you know, maybe it's lots of conversations with God of, of when things trigger you and you have to have those conversations with God of why and what's the root and, and dig into those things and, and have that stuff. Like, um, like when your when your prayer life moves from a list of prayers that you're just working through to a conversation with your creator, like I think that's the biggest jump that I made in my life when I made that jump. Like I pray less yeah. about things. Mm. I pray less about supplication. So things that I want, things that I'm asking God for, things about for other people. I pray a lot less about those things um, in my prayer life than I ever have in my life because majority of my prayer life used to be just those things. Like you get through the like, God, you're so awesome. You're so so great, but let me ask you for all the things that I want. Yeah. And now they yeah. feel a lot more conversational and a lot more probably counseling feeling than anything else. I don't know the better word to explain it. Um, but that's like, that's, and that's me the biggest shift in my relationship with Jesus, my relationship with people. And the most change that I probably experienced in my life is when I made that shift. And, and it, it's now a tool for relationship and conversation and not just a task that I'm trying to accomplish or do. Um, so I yeah, encourage and you from that and, and it's you want more patience, play those right? games. Yeah, it, it's not scripted, I'm and not that's in control maybe of it, right? exactly right. Maybe that's the maybe that's the hard thing that that you gave up in that is it, you and I both like to control stuff and like to have clear expectations of what's coming, and and when you're just in open a real relationship, like conversations aren't scripted, you know, and and prayers not scripted, and that's a little bit intimidating because it's like, no, like before I just had my list of like eight things to ask for versus going into it and just being like, God, I don't know. Like, I really feel like I need this. And I like this guy's coming to my mind or this person is, and I want to pray for them. And I want to thank you for this thing. And like, it's not a list, but it's like, Holy spirit guide this 
discussion, guide this prayer, guide this time, uh, speak into me. Let me, let me be humble enough to actually just listen, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's yeah. hard for me. And, and part of that is patience. And part of it is excuses of having tiny children and, and needing to do other things that, that do need to be done. But man, taking the time to slow down and patiently listen to whatever God might want to say or do in my life, it's not easy for me, you know, and, and patience, yeah. man, uh, with, with toddlers, everything takes way longer than it should. You know, it's like, all right, we're going to go to the grocery store and just to get in the car yeah. and leave, it's like 30 minutes of effort and you put a shoe on and another yeah. shoe comes off and you put a jacket on and somebody's peeing in their pants. <laughs> it's like, what is going yeah. on? But like John Mark Comer in our book, you know, our favorite book, not favorite, but a, a really good book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Like he says, and we probably quoted uh, before, uh, a busy person is not a loving person, you know, and and we all have like, we're all busy. And now that we, most of us work from home, the lines of like work at home are blurred and and we're busier than ever. You know, there's plenty of tasks to do, whether it be hopping in Salesforce or Monday or Todoist or whatever, there's always tasks, but taking a minute, slowing down, praying meaningfully, calling a person and not knowing if it's going to be a five minute check-in or an hour long discussion, like it's worth it. Yeah. And, and it's necessary to take, to, to invest in relationship. It's not easy and it's not always... Yeah the most natural thing. Uh, cause it's, it's not as rewarding as like, I just checked off 15 things on my list. Like I'm killing it. I might get to watch two episodes on Netflix tonight, you know, it, but it's, but it's better. And I think it's more, more in line with, with this Jesus life, you know, um, is being patient and being authentic and taking time to, mm -hmm. to listen to God as, as you spend time yep. with them. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, just look at like, look at Jesus example with the disciples, like how patient did Jesus have to be to get them to where he needed to get them to so they can yeah. kind of kickstart this movement across the world. Like yeah. the dude was shoot, like they've already spent a ton of time together and you know, his top disciples cutting people's ears off. Like yeah. <laughs> there's definitely <laughs> literally moments. There, there's plenty. Yeah. There's plenty of moments like that. Jesus had to, to practice patience and you know, him being fully human, he experienced, you know, the, the sacrifice that it takes to, to be patient with people, um, and, you know, not keep driving, 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 going to beat everybody up. But, yeah. um, yeah, like, you know, from a community standpoint, um, you know, the community helps you become who God has created you to be. Uh, yeah. So many people choose not to engage that because it's hard. It takes, you know, it takes, you know, effort from your perspective to have to change. Um, and you know, we don't want to do that work. I get, I get that, that encourage you know, that desire, but you're never going to have the full life that Jesus promised. If you're not willing to get into the game from that perspective and start engaging yeah. community, um, and, yeah. and modeling that for, for those around you as well. Um, yeah. like you can go through life and you can have a, you know, you know, you know you the famous saying of, you know, my, my faith is private. It's, it's my own. And you're like, no, that's, that's the, maybe in other religions that, that could be the case, but in Christianity, that is not how Jesus designed this. Your faith is not your own. Your faith is designed for other people on this yeah. earth. 
mm-hmm. then you have an impact to make. And you're not going to make those things unless um, uh, you start engaging the community around you and engaging your relationship with Jesus um, in, a, in a spiritual, in a deep, uh, meaningful way. Um, you're going to miss out on all those things. And the other piece of this, like, there's going to be sacrifice on your part, whether it's patience or another sacrifice that you're going to have to make. Um, that are that you're gonna have to take and 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 sacrifice to be able to get you um, to that place and to foster the relationships that you desire to foster. Everybody wants great friends. Everyone wants a community like Cheers, where you're able to walk in and they yell your right. name, right? Right. Like, I'm dating. I didn't even watch the TV show, but I know the story. So Cheers is an old TV show from I think the 80s. Um, they walk in and they all, you know, yell the guy's name, but like everyone wants that experience. Like I remember, I remember somebody telling me once one of my favorite stories from youth ministry that, you know, what would, what would community really feel like for you? And the, the, the person's answer was, I want to walk in the room and people call my name. And I was like, just you, yeah, I get the desire, but that's just unrealistic. It's not going to happen. Uh, right. And like we all want that, but to get that type of thing, to get to be known, um, to when people see you, um, when you walk into rooms, when they know you and they can, you know, reach out and have conversations with you and, and spend time with you. Like that only happens when you choose to sacrifice and choose to be intentional about building those relationships and those environments. And unfortunately it takes time. It's like, you know, the, the two steps forward, one step back methodology, like it's going to happen that way. You're going to feel like it's getting closer and closer. Something's going to happen and it's going to implode on itself. You're going to choose to have conflict and do it well and do it lovingly. Um, so it grows back to where it was and then beyond that. Um, but it, it's going to take time. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen within a year. Like it takes time to create environments like that and cultures like that. Um, so, so keep pushing into it. It's worth it. Even when you feel like you're failing, you're not. Um, keep pushing into it. You'll eventually get there. Um, but that's the type of community that, that Christianity, uh, that Jesus, I should say, has created and desires for his people. Like we see it in um, um, Acts 1. Is it Acts 1? Where he talks about the church. It's Acts 1. Yeah. Like at the end yeah. of Acts 1, what mm-hmm. the church what the church looked like, right? Like that's, there's that piece too of, you know, they were sacrificing for one another. Now he, they talked about physical things of sacrificing for, but it, it was more sacrifice than just that. That's just the one thing that Paul, you know, decided to talk about, or sorry, John decided to talk about. Um, but yeah, you've got to sacrifice. You've got to dig into relationship. It can happen. Um, all churches, like Andrew said at the beginning, all churches aren't perfect. Um, they're all going to have issues. Um, and that's okay. God can still work in the midst of our sin in the midst of our issues. And shoot, is somebody starting a church? I'm looking at saying, I wonder what our issues are going to be. Cause we're going to have them. I'm curious what, they yeah. are. Um, yeah. what's our blind spots, but mm-hmm. it'd be fun. It'll be a fun journey to find figure out what those are. But that's Andrew, right. what's, what's your last thoughts as we close this out? Dude, just final thought is what you were saying. Like it Real, real relationship takes sacrifice. It takes uh, intentionality. Takes patience. Takes time, and and it's worth it. Like it's it's not. You can't get uh, best friends in a vending machine. You know, like you can't. Uh, you don't speed date into real relationship. I guess you know, like that could be a starting point, but but it takes time. So be patient with it and be authentic with it, and. Uh, That's all I got. Thanks for doing this, my friend. Good to see you. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer to your relationship with Jesus and with other people. 
And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.